0: Hello and welcome to the TT Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to one person from the world of the TT racers to discuss their lives, their journeys, their ambitions and their relationship with the greatest motorsporting event in the world. I'm Chris Pritchard and with me is Steve Plater. Steve, what great feedback we had from episode one, but episode two, we have the man. The main man,
1: obviously John McGuinness. Now, as we're all very aware, John's not... Scared of telling us the truth, what's going on? He's got some big news, mm-hmm. you know, and various things going
0: on in his life. So it's going to be, uh, as usual, an interesting chat. Now, you've raced with John McGuinness in the past. Do you have any um, insight, any um, anecdotes, or stories that maybe he'll keep to himself? Every man in the paddock has got a
1: story about John McGuinness. He's such a character, he really is. And that's why he attracts so many people, not just on trackside, but chat shows, podcasts, anything. Um, Yes, I've got plenty of stories. We've been teammates, we've raced on the roads, on the short circuit, on the world endurance. And uh, the boy's a character and I'm really looking forward to uh, asking him one or two difficult questions.
0: Brilliant. Let's get into it. For today's episode of the TT Podcast, we are joined by John McGuinness, MBE. Now, it's hard to quantify this man's achievements at the Isle of Man TT races, but I'm going to try my best. Today, he has 99 race starts, stood on the podium 47 separate occasions, and taken 23 race wins across nine different classes, with a hat-trick of victories on two separate occasions. He set new outright TT lap records on no less than 12 occasions and nobody has completed more laps in excess of 120 or 125 miles an hour than he has. He was the first man to lap the TT course at an average speed in excess of 128 miles an hour, 129, 130 and 131 miles an hour. And if that wasn't enough, 2022 will mark his 27th year as a TT racer. And yet, despite this pedigree, the extraordinary facts and figures, and his unquestionable ability to ride a bike, he is still a regular down-to-earth bloke from a seaside town in Lancashire, a family man whose wife, Becky, and kids Ewan and Maisie are by his side for every step. It's a journey that goes all the way back to 1982, with a 10-year-old boy sat watching the lights of Joey Dunlop, Mick Grant, and Ron Haslam. 40 years later, he's unquestionably one of the sport's biggest ever stars. His name is now synonymous with the world's greatest motorsporting event, and this year he will line up on Glencrutchery Road to start his 100th TT race start. Bike racing with the manufacturer that he has enjoyed so much success with. What a long-winded intro, but well worth every second of it. John McGuinness, welcome to the TT Podcast. You
2: alright? right? (laughs) three minutes and ten second intro, I hope uh, Peter Hickman's won't as long as that. <laughs> I don't think anyone's will be, you yeah, right Fantastic, yeah, cool, you're the only person all year who's said MBE as well, a lot of people forgot about that, but I'm going to take that one as well, MBE. Yeah, no, it's mega. Do you know, I'm fantastic, absolutely brilliant, I've had a great year, really enjoyed it, enjoyed riding in that Ducati Cup, ran our own little team, a family team, you know, we're finishing the top five in the championship, a few podiums and, uh, <clears throat> you know, everything's uh, coming together again you know it's, uh, we've all had a rough time haven't we over the last couple of years and like now all the sort of planets are lining up again and you know i'm really really happy to be back so sort of maybe where i belong or maybe not where i belong i don't know but where i've had a lot of success so uh, you know it's uh, it's all come together and uh, really looking forward to getting my teeth into all the testing and riding and uh is it hundred and 183 days or something clive padgett told me i was on the phone to him the other day it's about 180 something days away and we'll be going it's not, no, far <laughs> it's not far no it'll soon be around
0: it is hell. right one question that we're <coughs> going to ask every rider that comes into this you've been through the paddock bike's been wheeled up to glen Crutchery road you've jumped on it you've started up you've rolled yourself down to the start marshal he's about to tap you on the shoulder <laughs> what's going through your head in that moment <laughs>
2: Well, to be fair, there's lots <clears throat> lots going through my head. It's like, ever, you know, not like is the back wheel not tight and like, it's like, you know, have I, have I done everything I can? Is the bike set up best I can? I sort of paddle my way through and I always try and pick the family out as well if I can. Mrs. is normally, well, Ewan's old enough now to be on the road, so Mrs. and Ewan and then Maisie will be, my daughter will be up in the, in the grandstand, so I make sure I just get eye contact with them. <laughs> and then the heart's just pounding out of your chest. You know the TV helicopters above you. The atmosphere is absolutely off the scale, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I wouldn't have said it was the greatest feeling. It's a very special feeling. Uh, not many people get to do it. You know, it's, there's a lot of people want to do it. A lot of people talk about doing it, and there's there's a lot of people stood at the pub saying they want to be this, that, and the other, and a TT rider. But to be actually do it, you get your license, and be stood there with a TT entry, and have have uh, the old boy got hold your shoulder, and uh, he's got hold you tight until that flag drops and away you go. So even after. 99 TT starts don't get any easier it's still the same feeling no doesn't get any easier for me honestly it just it starts way way before way before just going through that little winner's enclosure the, the little enclosure thing and it's sort of it's the, it's the last little bit as well there's not really anybody in there there's normally a tv camera or something but there's no mechanics there's no family it's just you You just sort of walk your way up to the start through the little archway and, you know it's full concentration on that crazy little manx flag thing when that's that moves a millimetre you're away and then everything just it's full concentration but you know I lay in bed I can't eat I'm nervous and that the night before it's uh, I do think about it a lot many days go by that I don't think about well there isn't I don't think about the TT and you know leading up to practice and through practice and you know I was I sort of put a lot of pressure on myself as well or I have done in the past I've always really wanted to win TTs and especially those big bike races and I always stick a lot of pressure on my shoulder and, you know, I want I want to win, so, uh, you know, I don't really say much to anybody, I just try and channel my focus into my inner self and then, you know, once we've gone, we're, it's up to me then.
0: Do you think you put more pressure on yourself nowadays <clears throat> with the amount you've achieved than you did back in the day or or not?
2: Maybe, maybe, a little, maybe I'm a, probably a little bit more nervous, not so much pressure, you know, because I've had all the pressure, I've had the... You know, 100 start, you know, the 100 years of it and all the pressure of being a factory Honda rider and Yamaha rider and those electric bikes and all the all the effort and that goes in. But now I'm getting a little bit longer in the tooth. I just hope that I'm still okay to do it, you know. Yeah. Still, you know, 50, I'll be 50 years old on the start line and sort of hope I don't embarrass myself a bit really, you know. It's not so much pressure as in I've got to deliver. I just don't want to sort of make a fool of myself. I, know, I probably won't do, but I just just feels that way if you know what I mean you know what I mean I get to get to my age and it's yeah still, I still well, I still want to win that's the thing but whether it's possible to do that I don't know you know I just followed Hickey into here keep looking at him you know he's younger he's, he's <laughs> probably a bit fitter and he's not as good looking obviously clearly but, uh, it's uh, you know he's a man to be but uh, I still I keep saying it and uh I can only do my best you know I can only do what I do and if I hit all the apexes and uh do the best I can I can't see me being a million miles away
1: I'm going to come in with a technical question first of all who the flipping heck decides to give people MBEs <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: have you got it? I think it it's yet? the Gaffer. Have you, have it's you the got The Gaffer, it? you know that little that little lady down, down south. <laughs> I think she I think she has A final call on it. I thought if you collected enough vouchers in some <laughs> cornflakes, you could
0: apply for I, I, one. I, I, Do you know what? I
2: think I, I think I might have missed it because <laughs> there, there's been a lot going on, and I keep looking into intern- on on Twitter and instant. Like, everybody's getting theirs, and I've, I haven't got mine. But I think I might have missed an email somewhere on the invite down there. So my Listen, missus, my I, missus I, is I, I know
1: for you never answer your phone. You never answer. Your males
2: that's maybe the that's maybe the problem i'm old school <laughs> emails just i look at them i just like, ah, be, reading, be reading. and then but then it's <laughs> anything that comes with with anything to do with MB. it's one of them gov ones or like <laughs> and if it's got like a magic on it's normally a tax bill or something so <laughs> i just <laughs> tend to tend to swipe that one to the to, to the left but you know it's been a long-winded thing i mean i don't know if, if i'm allowed to but yeah there's a, a bloke uh, he doesn't like his name being mentioned, but a good friend of mine who's been around a long time—he's been nominating, he's nominating me for an MBE, and he's been chipping and chipping and chipping away and building up a portfolio of what I've done, what I've achieved, and you know, it has to go there and backwards and forwards, and prime minister has to read it and it's all—I've got all this lovely package and it's all loads of letters from uh, the lieutenant governor of the Isle Man has said a few nice words and some of, some of my. Uh, Old bosses have said a few words. Not Neil Tuxworth, by the way. He missed out. <laughs> he's your old boss. He? he was supposed to say a few words about it, but he's forgotten to say it. So I don't know. He must have, must have, must have not been in his good books. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a real cool thing to get. I didn't have a clue. I just, again, I got some go- government these government emails. And one of them was that I'm on the New Year's Honours list. And Becky, my missus, is going, have you ever an email? Have you had an email? Because she knew it was coming, but she's not allowed to say anything because you're not allowed to know an email off uh, I'm like what are you on about and then I had a route through and I'd, <laughs> I think I deleted it and then it come up and that was on New Year's honours list yeah a dead proud moment cool really nice you know mum dad chuffed a bit so all my family are over the moon about it and uh, yeah it's a nice little uh, bit of cherry on the top isn't it a little bit of icing on the top of the cake
0: I know it's going to sound like I'm blowing smoke up his arse but you know come on honestly he thoroughly deserves it right Steve <laughs> you've got to say something you've got to be nice to him Please, Move, moving on, on. <laughs> You'll never say it, will really. Well, it. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, of course, what an ambassador.
1: You know, for you, John, you know, looking ahead, Honda, back with them. How did all that come about?
2: Well, to be honest, all the way through lockdown, if you like, and through this pandemic, I've always, they've been in touch with me, if if if, if you like, you know, they've just been, just asking me quietly away, you know, are you okay, how's the family, and what are you up to, and... You know, it's 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 quite a complicated thing. I did I've touched base on it slightly, but it's quite hard to understand. But I work for Honda Europe, and then Honda UK, who was going to run the TT for 2022. It's a different company. They're all under the same roof, but it's a different uh, different company. So the Honda UK, that Honda, Honda Europe, have disbanded now. So Honda UK have been in touch with me, and, and you know, my old bosses, old Bob McMillan, you know, Dave Hancock, all these guys. They've been in touch with me, nibbling away, and I've always kept in touch with them. And you know, I've said to them, you know, what do you reckon? Shall I go back? And Harvey Beltran, the team boss there, is, has, is, has, uh, you know, been sort of chipping away at me as well. And it just seemed to be the right thing to do, the natural thing to do. Uh, you know, I'm 50 year old, 30 years of the Fireblade, 100 start, you know, MBE, new set of teeth, everything's looking good. <laughs> so. <laughs> It must, have been, it must have been a lucrative contract you've signed because, obviously, five grand on your teeth. Nobody does that every day of the week, Three grand. It cost me three grand and I was ill with that. But I said, I'll get them done if you throw the whitening kit in. So, Whitening kit was 350 quid, so I got that bunged in on deal.
0: Why does that not surprise do me?
2: Do you know what, I had to walk out. I had to walk out with them bags. It comes in with them, you know, the... I don't know, like a boutique bag thing. I was so embarrassed walking out. Like, mm. I wanted it to be in a spa bag so nobody could see what it was. <laughs> but yeah, do you know what? Best thing I've done, so joking apart, piss-taking apart, honestly. I've had, I've had pretty average teeth for a lot of years and I'm just so much more confident to smile now. And, uh, you know, a few of the rotten ones have come out as well. They made me have bad breath. So the whole job's looking up. So yeah, not saying new contract, new teeth, MBE jobs. Jobs on fire. I just need to lose a bit of timber and we'll be away. But... Yeah, I, you know, a lot of people say it's the money or whatever. It's this, that, other, but you know, they've they've come up with a package for me that's, that can be, you know, it's a it's a two year deal. You know, if I want to race, I can race. If I don't race, I can do some ambassador stuff for them, and you know, it just guaranteed the the work, guaranteed your wages. You know, I got uh, I got my trousers pulled down a bit at the twelfth hour by. By Norton, you know it's uh, they owe me a few quid, and uh, but I'm not I'm not bothered. <laughs> I don't care, you know what I mean. It was an experience. It was uh, it was part of the journey, you know. It was it was Hollywood, you know. Silver bike, etc. Everybody wanted me to to do well on it. I'm, I was so embarrassed about everything that went on with that deal, you know. I felt like I'd let all my sponsors down, let all my fans down, you know. I sold Norton t-shirts and all sorts of things, and things just dropped to bits around me. But uh, you know, I don't. I didn't really want to go. Any of that anymore? I need to go back to, to what I know, uh, the, the same environment, and I've always been like that. You know, I don't, I've never been here, there, and everywhere. You know, I've wore the same elements for 16 years, and you know, I've been with Scott Leathers and, and Alpine staff all my career. So it's, um, you know, I like the stability, I like the loyalty, I like everything about the where we're going to go back to. You know, and it'll, it'll, it'll be good, you know, all the boxes will be ticked, and it'll be good products. And you know, there's no point going back to what happened in 17, we know what happened there, you know, it was. It was documented that it was an ECU auto-blipper problem. I had me accident. Times healed it. Water's gone under the bridge, and uh, it's a clean sheet of paper and, and and crack on. You know. Did you not think at any point you're going to call it a day
0: then? Because you, you're uh, talking, you're talking like you, you, like Hickey or or Dean Harrison, like you're in for a two-year deal. <laughs> you commit into it and you you want to go and be competitive there.
2: Absolutely, yeah. No, I never thought about packing in because. If I should have packed in, if I was going to pack in, the best time to pack in would have been at the end of 2015 when I won that senior. It was take a bow and walk away. But I went back there in 16. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed 2016. And I didn't win a. I'm not sure. If, I don't think I won a race, but I had a couple of podiums on the superbike, But you know, there was feelings there that I, I that you can't put into words. You know, I was in the. I'd ridden the race. I'd done 132.7. I'd gone wheel to wheel with Michael Dunlop and Ian Hutchinson. The weather was good, bike was handling good, and I really that was what it's all about, enjoying yeah, yeah. round the bike. And I crossed the line third, I shook their hands, them two were having a bit of a, a Barney about there was all sorts going on in the, in the in the press conference and you know some it's the only place in the world where somebody will hand you a bottle of corona beer, you know <laughs> you know, an F one press conference. There ain't no beer swilling swelling round and stuff, and there's not two lads having an argument about <laughs> what engines they had in and I don't know the full details, but Somebody just said, hey, John, do you want to be here? I said, bloody right, I do. You know, I was sat there sweating, red hot, beautiful. I just, it was fantastic. Living the dream. It was. It was amazing. You know, then 17, we know, 18, I was still injured, 19, we had to go with the Norton. And there's no way, I want to finish racing at the TT with a broken engine bolt at yeah. the bungalow. And that's basically where we were. You know, I thought, Jesus, you know, after after all the things I've done, I'm stood up here the bungalow with a broken bike i thought nah, it's just not how i I visualized it you know i walk across the line and seeing you and take a bow and i I don't want to say this is my last because this is if you always say that it's the one that bites you so it's going to do the same thing tick the boxes make sure I'm, i'm riding fit all on the same page family mates bosses mechanics and go and ride and then we'll make a decision after that but you know if i've got to go around afterwards and go to a launch of a Honda scooter in Portugal and talk to the <laughs> dealers and talk to the, you, you, you know, the press. I'm happy about that. I like that. I don't mind being stood at the bar at 2 o'clock in the morning talking shit about racing bikes through the years with a journalist, you know. And, and there's not many people, again, no disrespect to anybody, but there's not really many people got the stories I have, you know. Not my bad. teammates have heard them. My things we've been through, the World Endurance with Steve, the BSB, the Superbike, the World Supersport, you know, so I can... I can tell a story as well so i can keep keep yeah. everything going so you know hopefully I can bring a little bit back afterwards when I've hung my boots up you know. So. so
0: one thing you just mentioned there was not saying it's going to be a last one. Are you does that mean you're superstitious? Do you have do you have superstitions as you as you're uh, I approaching?
2: Do, yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, not not only with racing. Yeah. And not that I wanted to either. Not that I set out to do. It was just some weird things happened over the years and it's like the voodoo doll on the back of my helmet. And to be fair, it's a shit story, really. You know, to (laughs) me. Well, how long have you got? You know, maybe I'll try and be brief. You know, I went to, I went uh, in 1999. I got my first helmet paint job. I thought, oh, this is nice. Usual pink squirrels, and all. Everybody does have has their own little. And then I crashed in practice, wrote the helmet off. So, I shared a garage with a bloke called Jack Silverman. It's boring, but bear with me. And he had, I've no idea why or how, but he had like a hundred helmets painted in his garage. Mm. Bizarre. Of all these artifacts he has in his museums, Silverman Museums. <laughs> so it's based on a rug, my helmet, and then the voodoo door like warns a feeble spirit. So big old Yank says to me, he said, Oh, you know, bloody unlucky, you know, I've got a Yank accent, but he's like, Just take this helmet, racing this helmet, and I put it on a one day the 250 race. I thought, Ooh, We'll have to carry on with this helmet now. So I won the British Championship my first TT, so that stayed with me. It's right, like that grey
0: and Yeah, it's like white a beige
2: and, and yeah. blue. It's horrible, really, mm. but it's, it is super different. But And the Voodoo doll's always been on the back of my head. And then I remember and he'd be about three or four years old or something, 2004, maybe three-year-old, he found a penny on the floor. And he said, yeah, Dad, that's that's a good-look penny. I was like, oh, shit, that's <laughs> shoved it down my leathers. <laughs> so I've always raced with a penny down my leathers, yeah. Is it always there when you get back? Yeah, but sometimes it's up my ass crack or it <laughs> Ends up in all sorts of places. But you know, it's there. You know, I've had I've had imprinted at Queen's Head on my arse, on my ass cheeks before. You know, all Is that old why you coin. got your MBE? <laughs> yeah, I am not showing my ass, but uh, Why
1: am I picturing the
2: thing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Ends up it's also, it ends up in your boots and all sorts. But yeah, the pennies always come round on me for since old four, So I am a bit of a superstitious guy. I don't like to make predictions. I always like to think mm, actions speak louder than words, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody's you know, people live on different way of confidence and how they need to motivate themselves and all that. I just build it up all inside myself and then just try and, you know, fire it all into the, all that, what I know, into the race. But, you know, we're going to have six races, aren't we? So two super bike, two super sport, you know, plenty of, plenty of practice, plenty of time to... Is that is that what you're going to be entering 22? Yep, 2022. We've got two super bike races, two super stock, haven't we? And two super sport. The super sport thing, there's a little question mark over that. I'd like to run... I'd like to run my own my own thing there. I would really like to run my own six hundred thing. I've got my my truck and I've been using Robin Cross trailer to do that Ducati cup. So I've, I've got a bit of infrastructure now, a few bits and you know I don't know where my lads going to go. You and he's been on the spanners a little bit with us for the last couple of years and he's done a work experience down at Louth as well over the last last week. So uh, but it might be something for for you and to to think about. But I would like to to do that. I'm quite proud of my Ducati thing last year it all come together a bit stressful at times but I'm not the most organised person in the world but <laughs> it all come together at the 12th hour and we did alright you know it was good really enjoyed it And uh, but yeah the, I'd like to do this maybe do the 650 but I don't think Honda have a competitive bike and now I'm Mr Honda now so it's cut me in half i have to have Honda written through me so I won't be allowed to ride anything else <laughs> Talking to your family as well
0: they're as synonymous at the TT as, as pretty much you are they've been there through mm. thick and thin are they part of it all? Like, you couldn't yeah. do the TT
2: without them? No, I don't think so. No, I've never done any, any of my races. You know, the missus has been there for every single one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we, like I said, have been together 32 years with us. So when I first started racing in 1990, you know, we we're, were a new item. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've done everything together, you know, so it's... Uh, but she's good. She's she's organizes me. She makes me eat food because you know otherwise I'd be in pub and be on beer and you, you know what I mean. And it's like you, yeah. you need structure. You need some sort of structure at TT. You know, you've got to go to bed early. You've got to need your sleep, and you need you need good quality foods and that. Well, I'd be you know probably not eating correctly and things like that. So you know I've always been you know like a few years ago I had Jim Moody with me at the TT in two thousand and four, and that was a big turning point for me. You know, he he made me go to sleep, and made me eat this, and taught me, got me to the front of the queue for practice, and just you know made me concentrate really hard on it. And fifty weeks of the year when you can go to the pub, but there's only two weeks of the of the year where you can write the TT, so it's it's full concentration. And the kids ground you as well. You know, yeah. like kid you was was Holly Bay two months old when he went to his first TT. You know, and now he's twenty, so he's uh, he's a big he's a big lad now, and he's been right right through it, seeing all the a lot of the races, and he sort of understands it as well, and when he was younger, if I'd had a bad race and i come in, he didn't care, he's still playing with swords, and he was a little pirate at the time, and all of a sudden you're like, well, do you know what? <laughs> it doesn't really matter, you know, it's not the end of the world. And my daughter's involved now, she's 11, uh, but she loves travelling, you know, we did all that world endurance together, we always took them with us. Yeah, uh, And but they're great as well, because... I could say to them now oh, I'll go to Japan in the morning and be like oh yeah okay no worries just pack the bag and go they'd be sitting on a 12 hour flight they have been to Australia to, to the races and you know it's, I cherish a lot of that there's all the moments are there it's, sometimes it's hard some riders just don't want it they can't cope with you know shitting nappies and yeah. <laughs> screaming kids at two in the morning or whatever and, but I, I just dealt with it I just dealt with it and I thought there's no way they're not going to experience that journey with me so uh you know they'll they'll be there. You know it's we've had a few fines off the off the school. <laughs> a few, the old school. Team, you know the old uh, headmaster at Maisie's last school. He was just a dick, really. You know he just did not get it. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I, I understood. You know, but are they going to learn some lessons it, it, though? Aren't they? Travelling I got I got, got fined some of the world. Hmm, I got fined 140 quid to take her to Australia when she was six years old. You know she was shearing sheep. She was up. You know she was. Seen the penguins come on at Phillip Island, and then went up to Queensland and Brisbane, and all that. And I thought, well, that's not life lessons at six year old. I'm giving in. Just paid the fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just, yeah, whatever. But it was, uh yeah, we've had a few, uh, few scrapes for the schools, but I wouldn't, no way, I change anything. No.
0: no. Oh, what, so what about their foray into motorcycling? Do you kind of keep them separate from it? Are they? Is that
2: competitive edge rubbing off on them? Do they want to get into it? Ewan's into it now. My boy's into it. He's into the bikes big time now. He was all F1. He was all this and cars. And... But for a long time, no interest. No interest. That's amazing, and that. like, there's always been, like, as he's grown up, Wee 50 in the garages, I'm like, yeah, you know, so sort of, can't see what I'm doing now on this podcast, but I'm sorry. of, <laughs> not into, like, know, not into yeah. the bike, like, fancy going that, and nah, no, nah, no, nah, it's not really happened then. There's been a quad, and a, you know, it's not, I didn't really want to be the the mad dad and shove him on it and... Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think selfishly I maybe should have introduced him to it somehow a bit more and you know it's always been about always been about me really I've been the selfish one it's all been about me and the racing and some have I left have I left them out of it you know so it's only recently I've thought that in the last couple of years I'm like looking at him he's twenty I think you know have I took him away from maybe. But he'd get I'll into it, it wouldn't What do you think? He's nodding. Steve's nodding next to me as well. But... <laughs> yeah, well, I'm nodding. but <laughs> You're talking
1: a lot about the kids. What about Becky? What about the wife? How do you think she copes with it all? Your moods, your swings, mm. your build up to the TT, especially, you know, which is massive. I think for you as well, because you know, um, you're so passionate. It's your obviously it's your main goal annually,
2: and it's something she has to put up with all mm. year long. Mm. Sure, well, she's a saint, isn't she? Really, you know, you, you have your moments, don't you? But um... We we just have been solid, I think. Really, you know, there's been a, a couple of little ups and downs along the way, but you can't be with somebody for thirty years and not have a hey, that's nice. a scrape yeah. here and there. But you know, we have, and uh, but we've always come back. And you know, we're dead. You know, we both was brought up on the council estate in Usham, and we've achieved amazing things together. And you know, we we I, I I'm not. I'm going to say, I am not thinking I'm that bad to live with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably in her, I am. Uh, But it's just, I want the best. I want the best for them. I want the best for the kids. I want to be able to, you know, for them to be safe and secure. You know, there's a lot of things that when they were born, oh, you might stop racing now. Well, it made me more determined. It made me more determined to provide. It made me more determined to do better things and make them proud of me and, and be stronger and, and, you know that Maisie come along and again which it brought us even closer uh obviously you know you think about the danger sides of it and but she never says anything so let's go back to the start
0: it's an illustrious career a long career all the way back in 1996 I'd I'd just been born then just to make you feel old no I'm kidding I'm kidding (laughs) but debuted in 96 first win in 99 Massive year,
1: ninety nine, you know, obviously uh, British two fifty champion as well as the roads and you know,
2: uh, really on song. Yeah, ninety nine was the sort of turning point of my life really. Um uh, not like that career word. It's a f- weird word that career. It's crap. Kind of call it my journey. Journey, Cause, yeah. Yeah, Because you see year people talking about the career. Never won anything, <laughs> they say in my career. <laughs> what career do you have? But you know, <laughs> 96 I was on the tools and he, he's laughing again <laughs> Plato's laughing because he used to do a, bit, a little bit of work <laughs> like me but I didn't go to college I did for full three years sitting in gills anyway I was on the tools 96 97 Bricklayer, by the way 98 part time 98 really but then 99 I just down tools and went again professional, if you want to call it but I wasn't professional I was living on Becky's sofa we were just it just great bike I'd raced under the radar a little bit really at the TT 96 was under the radar. 97 first podium 98 was a big year for Honda but again I was sort of under the radar rode a 500 and a 250 and things and for me at the TT it was if I don't win now I'm never going to win one because I I knew the track I knew me 250 I was leading the British championship everything was lined up and it was I remember going down Braille on it and AK engine but it was, had a brand, fantastic mechanic Blandy was still in the, in, in the sport and I bought my braille it just I thought fuck you know this thing is absolutely flying it's on point this thing and it's like no on ever and uh, can
0: we just say as well for 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 recent TT fans this is these are two strokes not, 2 are not they're yeah. not four strokes so yeah
2: two strokes so you know you know no laptops plugging in it was yeah. all sort of what reading barometers again TT's difficult you're climbing a mountain you're at sea level a couple of times and then you know do so you need a good mechanics but I did I had the best I had the best bike you know, although we ended up with 100% I was on the best bike, that Vimto 250 was was, was outstanding. You know, Don't guarantee a win, though, does it? No, no, but that's what I'm saying. I, I, I was young, I was light, I was focused, I was, you know, I had a couple of podiums at the TT. 22 years, you know, who did you have yeah. to beat? Well, Joey was Joey was in there. Uh, I think Joey moved from number three to, to number 12. He went a higher number, did Joey? I don't know if he might have been really a little bit worried about me. What Number did you run four? I was number four. You know, I can remember like I just lining you know, up, you know, Gavin Lee, Jason Griffiths, Owen McNally. You know, two of them lads are not with us anymore. There was myself, number five was my teammate, uh, Dick Coates. He was an airline pilot, he was on my spare 250. You know, it was there was Gary Dines, there was Ian Locker, uh, J- James Courtney, Joey Dunlop. It was just it was a bloody hard race to win, you know. It was competitive and there was a lot of good bikes around, but you know, I, I was. I won't say I was a smart ass, but I was confident sort then them the day. I thought I'm going to, I'm going to have to try and win this one, and you know I just got my head down, mint pit stop and away, and it was just amazing. I remember crossing the line, I was like, it was like a bit of anticlimax. I thought, like, oh, what do I say now? And I got an interview. I just waffled an absolute load of crap, to be honest. And I look back at it and I'm so embarrassed, but a bit like relief as well. You know, I was like, oh god, I've you know, I've I've won one. You know, this is my dream come true. But you know, it's like. I didn't Know what to do, you know. I started start crying, do no, a backflip, go nude down prom. I didn't know what to do, but you know, it was the start of it all. And uh, you know, I rode the 500 in the senior two stroke and 99 again, out, even outside the TT, like I say, I won the British Championship, I won Daytona, I won Stars of Dali. I was on pole at Macau, uh, broke down in the race in Macau, leading that race, just like it was amazing. And all of a sudden, there was a bit of prize money in the bank as well. I was like, whoa, you know, I'd never seen four figures in my bank it was always like <laughs> a note in there so i'd met a few bob and i loved it absolutely loved it it was fantastic you know and what you know back from those days as
1: night like i said that's uh 22 flipping years ago mm. but what's the biggest difference now on on the modern machine you're going from two strokes to four strokes around a tt course
2: mm, well i'll tell you what i rode a four stroke for the first time in 97 at the tt and hated it I rode a CBR 600 for a bloke called John Klukas from Garstang near where I am. Gentleman, lovely bloke. Built me this new bike and I was pitiful on it. It's the first, I think it's the only race I've ever finished where I didn't get a replica. I got a finish as But yeah, I was 20 bloody seventh or something. But yeah, then, then I, I, it put me off him a little bit for a while. Then I rode my 500s there in uh, 98 and 99. Then I first rode the four strokes was the SP1 being Joy Dunlop's teammate in 2000. But... Four strokes were they, were, they were just different. They weren't, didn't come out and bite you. and Well, and, they did, but they didn't, it was just a different style. You know, there was a lot of engine braking, a lot heavier, different characteristics. And it was time for me to move on and learn how to ride a four stroke because I'd shied away from it a little bit too long. I should have, you know, a lot of, re, some of my regrets, in, well, not that I've got many, but I should have moved on to the bigger bikes a bit earlier when like Rutter did and a few others. And I stayed on my 250 in that for the British Championship. For another year in 2000, I should have moved on, but yeah, the four strokes was was where it was all going. All the kudos is in the super bike races, so I needed to be riding superbikes, and that's where you know 250 was great, and but it was a little bit under the radar compared to the big bikes. But 2000 come along, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm professional, professional rider. You know, I'm riding the factory Honda team. I got Joy Dunlop as a teammate. You know, no pressure, my Absolute all time hero and uh what a joy you know it was just amazing it was just everything had come true for me you know it was uh i watched him in 1986 so I, wa- well, I watched him earlier than that but when when he riding the rothman's honda i went and got a picture of him and bought it down the prom and i used to buy pictures in the window in the prom <laughs> and i got him to sign it i was there on my bicycles on my bmx I said, so i'll stand on the podium with you one day joey he just went oh fuck it, that's about all he said so i never understood word he said and then I, I reminded him in 97 it was 11 years later i was on the podium with him on my aprilia 250 aprilia and i was like oh, i told you to stand on the podium with you one day joey and he went oh, fucking that was about all he heard but yeah and then i went all of it, you know three years later i'm his teammate so yeah it was amazing really first superbike podium and you know understanding the four strokes and that's again part of the job part
0: of the journey did you ever think once you got that first win you'd be looking at 23 tt
2: wins eventually no chance no i didn't uh i did not know what to expect I, yeah. I really didn't you know it was just it was just a uh, just my dream job you know it was just what everything i ever wanted to do you know i just i wanted to win races don't get me wrong you know i just you, everybody quietly wants to win one you know and I was always on good bikes and good teams around me, so I had to deliver as well. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of expectation for you, for you for you to win, and I wanted to win, but I never. I'm sat here now at nearly 50, and if I, just, I sort of say, how "Have I done it?" I don't know. <laughs> it's it's really weird, you know. I've not had a magic wand, though. Yeah. Just, and you know what the scary bit is? It's gone that fast. Yeah. I bet. I could sit here all night and talk to you about every single race. I can remember every single one, from one, two, five singles, 400 TTs, electric bike wins, all sorts of things. But it's just dot, 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 year, year after year, you know, 2000, yeah. 2001, you know, just like, God, where's that gone? But, you know, still the head is completely still focused on it. You know, I look in the mirror and think, you know, everything's going a bit south and that. But like, my head's just completely dialed into it, but never thought I'd win 23. To win three, to win one, to win mm-hmm. two, you know, to even compete in the TT. You know, you've got Showing balls of steel. You know, oh, yeah. you know, you know a mug. You know, so for you to get an international license and line up on the start line and go around a hundred and five hundred and ten, whatever. You know, you've uh, you've achieved a lot. So for me to be here at twenty three, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I can feel the passion. You know,
1: in you see it in your eyes, the way you're talking at the moment, obviously about obviously all the wins at twenty three and a lot of special moments what about the negatives you know starting off from scratch your first year with mm. uh obviously mick Lofthouse and another other negatives as you as you've gone on you've had to kind of overcome not just uh from one year to the next but at that year the same
2: to mm. get on and ride and be competitive yeah yeah first year was 96 was it was pretty heavy going really in a lot of ways i i wanted to do the tt but when i was like on my own racing with my dad and my nanny was involved. My mum was involved. And, Have you got to, you know spare this, spare that, and we just rustle it all together. I wanted to do the TT, but could never really. I didn't want to go half-heartedly. in '96, I rode for Paul Bird. I had a new bike, you know, some new parts in it. So I went to Northwest 200, and and, and going from 13th, 14th, 15th place to be in the leading group, I was like. That's Joey Dunlop there, you know, and then I was like, whoa, I spent more time looking at the, no- the name on his back, than looking where I'm going. So, I thought, oh, Yellow Helmets, Joey, whoa, he's my hero. And, you know, I was just, we are right in this leading group. And I said to Birdie, I said, should we do TT? And that was when I made my decision at the Northwest two weeks before the TT. So we we're, we're rung him up and said, can we, can we do it? And give us a late entry. And you know, I got 350 quid off the Mike Elwood Foundation and I got a free boat. And I just, to me, that was everything. I don't need anything else. I'll sleep in my van, I'll sleep in the bus shelter. and I'm not bothered as long as I'm there with my bike and I can go and do it. No practice laps prior? No, I've been across, oh, I've been, across, you know, rewinding back. I've watched the V for Victory video, yeah, yeah. all these loads you know, I've sort of read about it. And I went down my teaser out, 125 at 17, went down my KO, and s lap after lap after lap. So right. I sort of knew where I was, but, you know, I made a late decision to do it. And we did it going right. Real bad week of practice with weather. It was a real shocking week and not getting any dry, dry practice. And Friday morning, you know, I had to ride past uh, Robert Holden, who was killed in front of me at uh, going into Glen uh, Glen Helen. So, and it, it's the first time I'd sort of seen what it can do, you know, mm-hmm. it's a mess. It was a mess, you know, it wasn't pretty. And then, same lap, Mick got killed at uh, Milltown. I come back and, you know, I said, oh, forget it, I'm not doing it, it's not for me. This and Mick's dad. Arthur, he was a bit of a boy, he's not with us anymore, but he's like, get on that effing bike and get on with it. (laughs) And I did, you know, sun come out, mint, I finished 15th, bronze replica, Joey won the race, and chuffed to bits, you know. I only took one bike in 96. Didn't have a full stable of bikes and all, I just went in one bike, did the 250 race, job's a dream start so, the job so if he'd have not said something would you would you have walked off would you have turned off uh, possibly turned off the Possibly. yeah I was, uh, i've had a few moments like that when david jeffries was killed in 2003 as well that was heavy going mm-hmm. and you know again I, I was the first man on the scene and i won't go into details but obviously you can imagine you know there was a lot of us parked up there and big h carried me off fireman you see mm-hmm. <laughs> put me in his big i was stood there looking thinking Pff stood there, just sat in that, I was on the factory, months. most monster mobbed the cat in it, and I can remember it now, the bike was like, just running, and I was like, uh, you know, just this wall of mess, and, yeah. you know, H pulled up, switched it off, and just carried me off and put me in a garden up the road, and I was like, you know, yeah, helicopter yeah. came, et cetera. But like, Pauline Jeffries, who again's not with us anymore, David's mother, she was like, get on that bloody bike, again, you know, I said, oh, I'm going, I'm done, I've had enough of this job, get on that bloody bike, David want you on that bike. <laughs> So I remember it was morning after it was a five o'clock practice, they don't do that anymore. So I was out on the four hundred and the six hundred in the morning again, hair on fire, bloody flying around the track <laughs> Everything's great again, you know, selfishly again, you know. Is but... it
0: is it is it is it that quick? And you'll you I guess you must have experienced it too, Steve. The moment you get back on your bike, you're just focused you're not focused on that anymore. It's I remember talking to Lee Johnson when Dan Neen got killed, and we were sat in his motorhome and he's he's like I've known that guy for this long, and I'm just—I've just in—in just, in about ten minutes, I'm going to be going down that road, and—and is—is that the way it is? You just—you kind of park it to one side, and yeah, I think you kind of park it
1: up in part of your head to a certain degree, and it's something I'm not very proud of, you know, because you can kind of uh, put it to one side in the back of your head and and carry on with the job in hand, you know, and it's, you don't really start thinking about it either until the event's finished. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, otherwise you wouldn't be able to do it. You know, and it's again, it, like I said, it's nothing I'm particularly proud of. But I think that's what you have to do to to go man And John, you've you've experienced more than I have. I've
2: seen some pretty horrible stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think again, I, I just I just remember Dave, just happy, you know, yeah. as a big, yeah. numb, fucking lovable bloke, you know, mm-hmm. gifted sort of guy, big you know. gaff lad, full of fun. Yeah, just you know, turn his hand at anything. Bit of trials riding, bit of, you know, but you know, he didn't. Dave didn't suffer. It was gone. It was just in a split second. He was gone. And I always, every time I go through Crosby, every single lap I do, I always ask him to look after me. Uh, every yeah. time I go through Kurt Michael, I ask Gus Scott to look after me. And every time I go through Milton I ask Mick to look after me. And it's just, I'm not a religious person. I don't know if they're up there looking down. I have a no clue. You know, yeah. I don't know, where you go when you're gone. Uh, but it just puts my mind at rest. It's just a little little thing I do. Just. And I just mutter it under my breath on the bike, going through 180 miles an hour. <laughs> look after my <me> dev <laughs> every lap, and you know, yeah, it's 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 a it's a hard one, you know. There's a, there's a f- few things that they do. It does flash back times, you know. Sometimes you shut your eyes and you see things, and I just try and turn away from it and look at the good things. Yeah, the good things have been epic. Mm-hmm. Not just for me. From you know, Hickey's one, three, five lap. I was there injured. I was at uh, Umbraille in the garden. And as he started his last lap, then Harrison and that were at it, and I was like, you're just about to see something here that's going to be off the screen It's mm-hmm. going to be epic. And like, I knew where they were on the track, and I'm sat there with them, thinking, "Now oh, they're coming through, and i I see a helicopter coming, and some guy was talking to me, and he's like, ram, ram, ram. I just, Fuck, shut up! You're just about to witness something off, you know, history here. I was just like, you're here to watch the racing, you know what I mean? I was welded to the, my radio, <laughs> and even I'm a fan, you know what I mean? I'm like, wow, you know, he's just going to... And they come through... I was like blew me away man I was like wow so what's been a, what's happened there is I know we've lost people but when it's when it's good there is nothing like it no you know and like just going about how do you feel when you cross the line you know I've been stood in the winner's enclosure and I've seen looked across and James Hillier's ball and his eyes out you know so he said he just said we shouldn't be doing that <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> you know, it's just everything's just draining out of you because you know you've done 60, 70, I don't know how many laps you do, a lot of laps. Yeah. You know, effort, the physical, the mental stress, the pressure, everything else. And you know, to stand on the podium in the senior and see, you know, he's a bit of a softy, you know what I mean? I'm, I build it up a like lot, me. Yeah. You know, he let it all go. I was like, wow, you know, you never see that anywhere in the world, no way in the world.
0: So, what do you think about the like? There's been people within the the industry saying the TT should be stopped. Now, obviously, we've had a break, and everyone wants it back. Riders, mechanics, people that are involved in it clearly want it to go go on. And, and kind of, you're like a, a bit of a figurehead when it comes to that. That you want, you know, we never mm. want to see it stop, right?
1: Yeah, there's a very small minority that yeah. will always say that, and and, and you know. Um, people should be free to give their own opinion but mm-hmm. fortunately the majority uh, understand what a great spectacle it is and, and, and know that everybody competing and doing it off their own backs and, and there because
2: they want to win yeah it's changed a, a little bit over the last I had a tough time when Dave got killed in 03 and 05 Gus got killed and it was it were getting a kicking in the shins the old TT yeah you know we Paul Phillips got involved and you know I said, you know, whenever any, whenever any journalist talks to me negative about it, I just won't answer him. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like, well, I don't want to discuss it. You know, yeah. let's talk about the great time. You know, the the Elwoods and the Jeff Dukes and the the history and the when it started and what it's been. You know, it's unbelievable. And enough? What it's about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, we know that you can get injured and worse, but uh, you know, there is one or two maybe. But like I say, I think as a team as an organisation and the and riders we've successfully steered them away from talking yeah. ne- negatively about it you know I, I don't want to go into massive detail don't go if you don't want to go throttle goes both ways blah blah there's loads of ways of looking at yeah. it but, you know it's just still so raw still so original it's still nowhere you know but like you say, changed you, change you experience
0: those lows but there's like you said there's so many highs like one of those highs for you probably was was breaking that 130-mile-an-hour
2: then? Mm. 2007, record. yeah, 2007, 100th TT in the senior. It only happened once and it only happened by, it only had one lap by one rider, which was me, which is always, <laughs> not sounding a cock, because I don't to sound big but it, it just makes it sweeter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, nobody yeah, else yeah, got yeah, it. It. It, was my,
2: it was
1: my first year. I was a newcomer that year and I just thought, wow.
0: Yeah, how did it feel then? Like you say, it you're the only person that did it. just absolutely
2: mint. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, my bite was great, man. as good as a win. Uh, no, okay, no, I don't <laughs> think so. No, no, the, it, it was a weird experience and uh, a bit like the 132 when you were commentating, and I day you could hear, you. I was like, shut up <laughs> because I just still wanted to concentrate on what I was doing. Did that first 1327, you know, but the 130, obviously, it's a milestone, and and uh, the, w- I came into the pits and I was just concentrating on what I'm doing. and it has been done. It has been. <laughs> I could hear all the comments. I was like, "Oh, you know, everybody." And that that lap three was was something. Was I'll never ever forget because mm-hmm. everybody waved me round on lap three. To the fans, to them, it probably meant more than the win because I'd seen something. Yeah. But I know I don't get my winner if I, if I broke down on lap 6 i That'd have been good you, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, bro- I did 131, 131.578 in 2009, and the chain snapped. You mm-hmm. know, I was absolutely spewing because... And you know what? The, 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 one of the reasons why I was spewing is because the, the track was mint. My bike was mint. I was really, really enjoying riding the bike. Yeah. And you don't get many chances to do it. I was like, Fuck, You know, gutted. Please, Steve, obviously won the race. Uh <coughs> <coughs> It but, made a nice <laughs> necklace. <laughs> 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 ah, hey, listen. You have to win them. Take note away from you, mate. It was just... But so the 130, going back to that 130, yeah, lovely. And, you know, there's those little snippets that I take out of it was that third lap was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Everybody, programs were It was like some off. You know, I did it when Stevie's lot did the first 120. Yeah. You know, I was on the bank at Renkul and my feet over the bloody grass bank, which you can't do anymore. Them, them days are gone. And uh, it was really special. But I had to keep, you know, I had to hit the apexes. I had to finish the race. I wanted to finish the race 100%. I slowed down a little bit. Didn't chase the bike. But when I came into the Winners Enclosure, uh, Murray Walker was there, in tears. I really? Like, what? Are you all right, Murray? So I'd like done a few cuddles of family, I thought, Murray was just on in the corner on his own. You know, He said a little piece to camera, and then he was there. I said, are you all right, Murray? I said, oh. He said, I never ever thought I'd ever witness that. He said, I witnessed the first 80, 90, 100-mile laps, I never thought I'd ever witness a 130, so... That was really special. It's quite quite a cool cool moment, you know. Yeah, but, big time. Um, you also... I've been friends in Murray right to the end, you know. <clears throat> I got some lovely emails off him here, but really, really, I, I'm <laughs> my grammar's rubbish, so when I write emails, it's all spelled wrong and everything. <laughs> but <we're>... <laughs> ah. <laughs> there's no big words in there. It's <laughs> and and then and what and <laughs> like. Well, I've got some lovely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. I do put A-Op a up lot now. A up, lad, and all that. But like i've got some emails off murray and it's just super written you know oh, about when i rode and d- did some races after the 07 and obviously I kept in contact with him and he would always email me back so i've got them all saved but you know it's just uh yeah just a, just a diamond wasn't it, you know just a diamond sort of fella but yeah there's been loads of little moments like that but <clears throat> that bike was awesome my 06 and 7 bike it was bikes a bit triggers broom another engine in and different wheels and bits and bobs but the 06 and 7 bike was fantastic bike fantastic bike! i did the double double six and seven yeah i won a couple the northwest on it and i just like adored the bike i adored it and that that's in the house at home that lives on i was just the... going to say have you got that yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that i mean i have to walk past it every day of my life and i just think that contributed to a lot to the house <laughs> that bike a <laughs> couple of wins on that <laughs> i've got my vimto bike under the stairs at home and then my, like, my wife's two favorite bikes and things so first win first 130 win so they're like epic moments through. I
0: mean, we could, we could literally go through every single race and every single practice with John, really. Can I move it forward to 2013? 2013, yeah. you um, had the special Joey Dunlop livery. Now, Joey, as you've said earlier in it, Joey is an idol, and to be able to race with him hmm. must have been special. To stand on the podium must have been special. For Honda to, to give you his, his yeah. helmet, his bike... Basically, give him <clears throat> yeah, give him the to full,
2: you. Yeah, full full replica of the two thousand Superbike win. Yeah, you know, the Honda colours and the leathers and, and the helmet, and it was. We had to have the blessing of the family, Linda, the wife, oh. and and it was a bit weird. I, I in a lot of ways, I thought maybe Michael should have done it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I took it on, and I got a bit bit stressed with it all a little bit. Really, I got a bit panicking about it a bit of. Bit difficult to try and check it all in, you know. It was uh, nobody saw the bike, nobody saw the, the leathers or anything until we went to the grid, and it was looked beautiful, looked stunning, oh, yeah. looked it amazing, did. you know. It was, it was epic. But I was a bit flustered, you know. Set off the line, I got had a real sort of poor first lap, average second lap, speeding in the bloody pits, you know. Ridiculous, you know. Speeding in the pits, lost the 30, thirty seconds, I think. I was like reading my pit board, I was like. I'm P four and I was like, I'm in front of I'm in front of uh I'd caught Cameron Donald number two. I was like, that's not right, it's not why I'd, oh, penny dropped. I thought I must have been speeding in the pits. And then in the end I settled down and the last light and brought the outright light record, 131 6 which was which was a nice little touch and I got on the podium, thankfully, otherwise I would've really would have thought I hadn't done it any justice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But the other nice thing was the Dunlop won the race. So yeah. uh, you know, Michael did win it and you know, he was flying and fair play to the kid. I enjoyed working with Michael that year in 2013 on the Legends thing. He was all right. He's a good kid, you know, and I, st- I speak to Michael a lot, and, you know, he's a, di- a lot of people think he's a bit difficult and a sort of fickle sort of character, but he's, he's a good he's a good boy da- at heart, really. But, yeah, he won the race. And But, yeah, to to flick the old uh, colours on and, you know, my leathers are at home, proud of place. I've got the flies on as they finish. My helmet's there with the flies on. I never took it off my head and, Never worn it ever since. Just in my 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 collection of leather. Uh, I wonder gear. which
0: young TT rider will be su- su- sporting the John McGuinness replica Vimto at some point in in the in ah. the future.
2: Then, good colour blue <laughs> and pink. Good. I colour. love that. That was amazing. That yeah, bike. That nice. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the white the white Mugen job's difficult. It always makes you look fat, doesn't it? With white <laughs> leathers on. So always looked yeah. a chunky in the old, the old the old Mugen job. They even
1: did me. I went up uh, Goodwood, uh, Goodwood, eh? Goodwood at the festival and I had to I had to use. Uh, Lee Johnson's RST leathers and <laughs> flipping, you know he's did it, man, isn't he? they fit you like a
2: condom, then, <laughs> didn't they? Oh yeah, I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be. I'd be love to stand on the start line. Well, I hope I do stand on the start line and watch somebody go off in McGuinness colours. You know, where, you know, sadly Joey wasn't with us, but he'd be, you know his family were there. Uh, yeah, so we, you know, we 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 nicked onto the podium, uh, but you know I just big shoes to fill. You know he's. He was God, and uh, he's still the greatest. And you know, I've people say that now. And you know, if you get to twenty six wins, you'll be the same. Well, no, I won't. You know, I never won any Irish, Irish small road races. Any of them small scaries. There was millions of them: Cooktowns, Tandragees, Temples. There was corridors, There were heaps of races like that in Ireland. I've never done any of them, yeah. and I certainly have not won five World Formula One titles like Joey did. You know, he beat Merkel. He beat. Rob Mark, he beat all the boys, all the top, when Superbike first come out. Uh, Doug Poland, he beat all them guys. So he was, you know, he could turn his hand to anything when he wanted to. Yeah. Obviously, you know, and again, at the time when he when he won his three in 2000, he jumped off the Vim, well, the, 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 the SP1, which to be fair, was a bit of a, a, bit of a turd really. It was hard work <laughs> to ride, I tell you. It wasn't the best thing in the world. You know, he got the factory and rightly so, and he delivered. But they jumped on a one-two-five-two stroke and won. Yeah, I couldn't jump off my suit back. Jump on a one-two-five and win. And then when he beat me in the two-fifty, he beat me hands down. And I was smart ass, you know, British yeah. champion, two-fifty lap record holder. Um, he was number three. I was number four. I thought I'm gonna have the old boy. Never saw no, so which you. way he went. <laughs> 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 I got I got my ass handed to be there a little bit. I respected him even more, you know. A couple of weeks later, it was in a blink of an eye. We've lost him. But what? A Epic career, you know. Mm-hmm. Just... I mean, technically, if you you
0: know, if he's God, that technically makes you Jesus. <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> I haven't got a beard though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't I don't know. Jesus I mean, MBE, McGinnis.
2: <laughs> middle name, <MBA. laughs> change my name. Middle name to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just a bricky man. All right, just let's let's
0: move forward. 2022. It's going to be your hundredth TT start. That is a mat. Like that's a. Again, we, we seem to have been talking about these milestones throughout this, mm. uh, you know, ev- everything's a tribute or a milestone, but that is
2: 100 TT starts. Yeah, it's I got- don't know how many, I think, has Ian locker done 100? I'm not sure I many, that day, Madsen done 100 starts, hasn't he? He has a, yeah. yeah. fella. So, respect to him, you know, kudos to him. Mm. Will it be uh, emotional? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, probably, probably deep down, but, you know, I just, I don't know, I get emotional at away from it all a little bit i just get, try and uh, like I say boil it all up a little bit but you know i want i want a and <laughs> I want gold plated honda gold leathers and a glitter helmet i want to go full full. There we go i think you should <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know you know it's it's just fabulous isn't it you know mm-hmm. it's like amazing you know when when i bust my leg me and ewan was was talking about we're just trying to work out how many miles we've done? Because it was like Rossi, Rossi had said something, he'd been around the world doing a yeah doing much of GP. It's I much like, I'll oh, yeah. just work this out. I'm like, I've been around the world twice <laughs> around the TT. Really? 50. 50 we worked it out, nearly 50,000 miles ish, maybe a bit more, 50, 52,000 miles
0: around the Alaman. <laughs> <hell. laughs> now. <laughs> flat out as well. That's not
2: oh, too it Single, 400, Ducati, Yamaha, Honda. It's amazing. Pattern, classic job. So, yeah. so,
0: so
1: saying that, does that give you a kind of a little bit of a lift or a step forward going back TT 2022 when everybody's missed two years of
2: action and you've got more experience? This question's been floating around a little bit and it's a good one. And to be honest, I'd like to think it would not putting pressure on you, mate. I'd like to think it would probably give me an advantage. I mean, so, selfishly, I'm like... Sort of hope it rains Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can only yeah. get out Thursday and the race is Saturday. and it, won't be it could well happen. Yeah, well, this is what I'm saying. This is what I've said to a lot of people. I'm like well, Glenn Irwin, my teammate, you know, he's got it all figured out. You know, I said, there's, there's a lot more curveballs about to get thrown at you. But, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm sat, as long as my arse is pointing to the ground on this chair right now, you wait until that flag drops. You know, Harrisons and Hickies and, and and them boys and Hutch's and Dunlops, they'd be right into 130s. Two nights in, they'd be 130s rattling them out left, right, centre. Because they're just... That is... will just... Everybody's on it. They are on it now. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere... You know, there's not... You can't feed yourself in and go steady. It's bang, 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 and they'll be rattling the laps out. And, um you know, but... Yeah, it... It's going to be difficult I've, I've always us. said, though, anything can happen,
1: you know. And it's funny, because looking in from the outside, and people probably aren't really as genned up on the Isle of Man TT races, maybe they're into short circuits, and you look at the stats, you know, Hickey's only been winning for two years. Yeah. It's been two years off and so on, it's a very short time since it was Michael Dunnop and Ian, Ian Hutchinson and nobody else really threatening, mm. you know, things turn around very, very quickly, and that's not putting the boys down or wishing anybody any bad luck in the slightest, but you just never know what's on the horizon or if one of the old
2: campaigners can <laughs> <laughs> yeah. take it back absolutely. you. absolutely, you, you, you're absolutely right, you know, I, I sit there and, I, and I, I, write, I write crap down, I sit in my office and I write stuff down, and, well, I did 132.7 slowing down for the pits in 2015. If <laughs> that was a fast lap, a flying lap, when Hickey did his Hickey did his on a flying lap and they did theirs on a flying lap, if his mind was a flying lap, it'd probably be into mid to late 133. So I'm like, I'm not that far away. So I'm just trying yeah. to sort of figure it all out and, and just sort of channel where I think I'm going to be which is where I should be if it all comes together so anything like you say you know you could topple off at a BSB around Brady Collarbone and a TT not that I wish that on anybody but and you, you, you know you you get there on the first it rains on the first night Monday comes along and you know well it's damp through Glen Ellen and, and damp at Sulby so Gary the clerk of course says I know when you're out on your super bikes tonight you're out on your 600s only and you know this is the things that, that has, has happened and you've mm-hmm. been, there. you know. So I'm thinking, <clears throat> just trying to. I want it to be obviously sunshine, everybody flying around, ripping around the island, all safe and good. But anything can happen, like you said, anything can happen. So uh, I'll just like you say, I know my way around. I don't take any of it for granted. I don't think to myself, I've got this place figured out, because it will bite you in a breath. You know, there's there's a lot of new things that I've got to understand. You know, going in forward with. This new Fireblade. Last time I raced, I had throttle cables, you know. Now I'm, <laughs> I'm fly-by-wire, auto-blippers, different engine braking systems. There's so much. Even though I've got tons of experience in a lot of things, I haven't got a lot of experience with the new, you know, electronics with bikes. So there's still a little, few boxes to tick for me. That's where the testing will come in. But it's not going to be easy. And, uh, you know, not that that's the right way, the wrong way to go to the TT, but, you know, that's... That's where it's all going so uh i have a little bit of learning to do myself
0: i bet glenn irwin is rubbing his hands together though having john as a teammate are you going to help him of course i
2: am yeah i'll help anybody yeah,
0: but are you going to help him
2: <laughs> yes no. I, will, I will do i will do at the start <laughs> it's very difficult again I've, I've had i've thought long and hard about it yeah and do you know what i was uh, a real big part of gus scott doing his first tt mm-hmm. i mean 2005. 40-year-old at the time, tons of experience, lots of journalism work. I loved him to bits. He was a real good mate of mine from from Kendall near where I live. and did nothing wrong and a marshal walked out in front of him and they both Mm -hmm. got killed. So I felt super responsible for that. And when I was at Gus's funeral, I've never had that feeling where somebody's looking at you. His parents were looking at me and, you know, I'll never forget it. It It's like... yeah, I don't know how to put it into words, but... I felt responsible for it, and I think they not blamed me. I might be barking up the wrong tree, but in my head, That's how you felt? <laughs> yeah. So Gus, right.
0: Gus was a um, he worked at Performance Bikes magazine, didn't he? And yeah. he was a he was a he Two was a good r- on, yeah. good racer. He's good A good, was ride, Ryan, a good yeah. racer. You know, he's my
1: teammate. Oh three, I think in Macau. You know, we both rode uh, super sport bikes there, and he was a good and and a massive uh, road race fan. Massive, mm-hmm. loved it to pieces. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and, a, and a good lad. You know, probably one of the better. Journalist riders, you know,
2: yeah, a lot of journalists, you know, they couldn't ride the way out of everybody. You'll be careful, <laughs> <laughs> and a real character, but see, a you real character you could, you yeah. You can respect him because he was a good racer. And when he wrote some, he wrote a different style of writing, which was funny. It was funny, and I, I just enjoyed his company. And like I say, mm-hmm. it was just and I was on the podium, I won the race, and I got down, I got told that. I was like, what? So, Glenn, you know, going back to Glenn, you know, I, I, I had a lot of respect for the kid. He wants to do it for the right reason. He's super doing his own work. He cannot do any more than that. You mm-hmm. know? he can't. He can't do any more than he knows his way round. Well, he knows it's yeah. a left and he knows it's a right. <laughs> yeah, but, I'll tell you exactly what John do because he did the same with me when I was a teammate.
1: <laughs> John, John won't say an awful lot to him unless he thinks he's getting out of line or <laughs> offline or seriously yeah. or worried about his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the safety side, and then and then he'll fill him with a bit of information which he. Kindly did with me as well.
2: <laughs> Competitive though, isn't he? That's, I, I well, guess that's the same you'd be for everybody. Y- you can take the advice sometimes, or you don't have to, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
1: I... Hey, there's only one fool in life, and that's the one that doesn't listen.
2: Hello. Well, you're... It's profound. Your crash at North West. If I could have clipped you around the ear, you were a bit injured at the time, but I thought, you prick, you shouldn't have done that. And what you happened? know it, don't you?
0: What, what, did, what happened? John? No, not really. Yeah, yeah,
2: I know, oh, for the wrong... I... I was never worried about
1: qualifying really ever because you know it's all about the. And I had a bit of a beaming bonnet about uh, wanting to be fastest uh, in qualifying, and I was already fastest on Tuesday night. I went out Thursday night, and the weather was kind of the same really as Tuesday night, a little bit iffy and not quite. Luckily, at the TT, it never really cracks off when the weather's like that. But um, anyway, I pushed too hard in in the conditions and paid a penalty.
2: Yeah, right. Could have been avoided however i was still fastest <clears throat> how could it have been avoided just by not pushing as hard oh the debrief had the debrief start started in and ghosty's like well if you get out first it's going to rain later on if you get a lap in earlier i'm like Well, steve what will be fast as tuesday tuesday night's time will stand and you went off like a loony and went up the road it could have been the end interview, which is
1: a bit i did a slow lap and looked and i thought oh, do you know what it's the same as tuesday so and i pushed and it was the wrong decision 100%. oh right. so no one else pushed
2: it, well, no, I could have gone faster. It wasn't a brilliant lap. <laughs> <laughs> nah, going back to Glenn, honestly, when I did it, there was no social media. There's no, you know, and nobody, not nobody cared, but in your own group, you cared in your own environment. But like, you know, it's everywhere until you read it. And, you know, these podcasts were doing, <laughs> I did podcasts when I was home, being a newcomer. But, you know, he, he sent me a picture the other day of uh, going into the gooseneck. You know, the left and the right and then left before the gooseneck you know we just I saw you going into the gooseneck there <laughs> just I don't know if you try to catch me out or whatever like I've, I've done a lap or two I don't know where that is but I'm just saying like I just, just sent you some information or just watch it through there it's a bit vague because it's, it's resurfaced you know like it just always feels yeah, yeah, on yeah. the left doesn't it yeah. you, don't, you, don't go, you don't get any feedback through your bike do you I said you know on the, on the right you know be patient on the way and get a good drive out the hill oh thanks he says thanks a lot <laughs> so you know I just it's they're so, they're so different to me as well in a lot of ways I'm old school. He's, you know, he trains, he's focused, he's BSP top rider and I'm a bit lazy, a bit He's done, been there, done it all, but I just, you just got to be patient. Got to be patient. He'll become 100%. Cream comes to the top of everything. When, when mm-hmm. you went, you became, you want to, Because you, you've got the main ingredients to start with, you know, it's hard to put speed into somebody, into it, if you haven't got it. Yeah. Hickey went, even Brooks, Brooks went. Yep. And, very very fast Hickey's gone really really fast you know they they, they do make it and and you know, I was just going just a little story about Josh Brooks you know when I was a teammate at Norton he was riding and I wasn't because I still wasn't uh, wasn't fit enough I did a lap with him in the car and I was looking at him he's not listening to me I'm going you know and I thought I said you alright he said yeah he said don't take it the wrong way John he said I just want to just go and do it learn it my way mm-hmm. I thought respect yeah. I thought I respected that Anybody that's been around, that Speedy's been around, he knows what he's doing. I yeah. can't... <laughs> you know, you don't get a handbook to do the TT. You don't Somebody doesn't come up and say, this is how you do it. There you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've you've got to steer your own ship and you've got to find your own style and the way you want to do it. And, you know, Glenn's got to find that. Mm-hmm. And for a sure year or two, you're vulnerable. It's as simple as that. You know, yeah. you're going make mistakes, you're going to... You're going to have a few moments, you think, fuck, you know, that was close, and you commit yourself Sometimes, you know, just, and that's when you can't be on the bike with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you can't, you can't come away from that, you know, you're going to have a few scares and scrapes and bumps along the way, and and then when all the pennies line up, and all the penny drops, you, you will be 100% a a TT winner, I'm sure.
1: From my memory, you've only had one tip-off at the TT, at the classic TT on the pattern, as far as I can remember, Mm. luckily. Obviously, you're super safe. Anyway, you really are. But what's been your biggest moment
2: throughout your TT career? Do you know what? I went to <clears throat> 2005 production race. It was super, super stock thousand race on a Yamaha. I was fastest in practice, and I'm sort of right up for it. And I went into the left at Crosby, where uh, DJ when we lost Dave, and I lost, I lost the front into there. <laughs> lost the front, and honestly, I just I, I I lost the front. I put my foot down. It sort of took the sole of my boot off. And uh, I just got out of the throttle on it. Normally, if you have a moment or whatever, you sort of back at it and you, you blank it immediately. But I couldn't get it out of my head. I couldn't get it out of my head at all. I just, I don't know what, what happened. Because it's so unusual for it to happen there. So I pulled in, pulled out of the race. And, uh, you know, not, I don't know whether the front tyre might have deflated or something, uh, but it, it just... You know, it's like if you have a moment somewhere, a slide, you you, you predict it because you know you you're loading at the rear, it's spinning or whatever. It's all little bits where you have moments, but it's when it's in the place where you have a moment where you don't expect it, <laughs> the ones where you jump out of your skin. I had a big lock-to-lock tank slap on a 600 through Glen Tramming in 2005 practice as well. That was bad. That was bad. I do not a passenger. It was just bouncing off the lock stops, and then everybody's like, "Oh yeah, just accelerate through it," and that no chance. I was an absolute passenger. Mine, yeah. I had the same, uh, Gorsley,
1: yeah. lost the front Ghostly, and I was waiting for the bang, you know, it was yeah. late and just, nothing, no, not violent, nothing, just lost, you know, and it's just starting to tuck and it's going down, 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 and it just, and I kind of uh, rolled so it loaded the front and it sat back up and away I went, and that wasn't because I'd really tried to do that, it's just a natural yeah. reaction, that was all.
0: Fast right-hander Gorsley,
2: right? Yeah, you're not, not hanging about there. No. <laughs> it's 170 mile an hour, fifth gear. Mm, flat on a 600 yeah it's really yeah they're the ones yeah it's
1: uh <laughs> and no real reason for it you know, unless unless i was too close to
2: the curb and just got a bit of lift i don't know, I
1: don't
0: mm-hmm.
2: know. might not have had enough maybe enough heat in the front yeah. or something i don't know the, the, it's the vague corners isn't it because that's very very smooth and then where i went down nearly went down at crosby's really really smooth it's funny with the bumps you get loads of feedback don't you? Yeah. On bikes like that yeah. anyway but then the, when the smooth bends you want to feel something, yeah, yeah, and then when you do, you know, I mean, I put it out of my head straight away, but I, I couldn't at the, at the time, yeah, start something wrong, something wrong, and just put put the back against the hedge and <laughs> wait for another yeah. time, yeah, so yeah. That's cool. when you, you know, sometimes you've got to know and to roll over, yeah. You know, I always, mean, always be another time,
0: that's it. Well, there'll always be a time, but eventually, you, you know, you'll hang your levers up and you'll move on. In terms of like your legacy and What you're leaving behind at the TT when you decide to do that, are you happy with that? Can if, if you were to walk away from it now, you know, you'd be more 100%. than happy, right? Oh,
2: 100%. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's been amazing, it's been absolutely unreal. It's just been every minute of it, every second of it. I've you know, I wouldn't change anything mm-hmm. that I've done around there. You know, the machines I've ridden, the teams I've ridden for, the people I've my friends around me, my mechanics, the fun, the laughs, the jokes, the. Just been you know, I don't know, that place has just just drew me in a long time ago. Yeah. Man. I just it won't let go of me, it's a bit, it's like a bug in it, it's a disease that place. But I just hope that eventually Summit does just go. Right, John, you've had enough. Yeah, yeah. I want that I want that dicky bird to say, right, you know, hang your boots up, lad. But I'm not just ready just yet, but you know, I can't I can't keep going and going and going and going and going. But it's not that you're not
0: chasing a win, you're not chasing it's, it, you, although, you, although you're competitive and you want to yeah. win, it's love not that. Yeah, you're not there going right. I, I'm, as soon as I get that next win, I'm, I'm done.
2: No, you're just there because you enjoy it and you love it, and you, right. you're competitive with it. I Just talking to one of the boys outside before we come in, I said, "No, I don't. I don't want to say and this is my last one. Yeah, because that's the one that bites you into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to don't just don't come out of what I've always done, which is load the motor up You know. Park my car straight, mow my grass. Yeah. (laughs) Just get on the ferry. (laughs) Yeah. You know, wash my camp when I get there. Just get into that rhythm system, you know, with the team, gel with them, ride the bike, try and enjoy the best you know, the 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 putting the helmet on and going round's the great bit. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot going on, a few bits chucked at you left, right and centre with some of the stuff that has to be done with, with riding for a big corporation and stuff, which sometimes is sometimes a bit frustrating, but you've got to take it on the chin. But, the, you know, the main bit is riding the bike and crossing the line and getting back on the ferry. Yeah. But uh, I'll always stay involved. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of riders have not done... You know, like Adrian Archibald and a few others and Jim Moody and that are just completely... You know, TT winners and good top riders are just, nah, I'm not going back. <laughs> I don't really? understand that. I'm just... I think it's amazing. I'd, I just can't wait to be just that, you know, fan as well. Again, you know, just with a bag full of butties, load of beers, and a, and a radio.
1: Right, John, <laughs> we could sit here talking all day long. Honestly, I really could. I got I got a few quick fire questions I want to ask you. You can only answer one or the other through these quick fire. There's okay. no explanation, no description. Okay, ready? Ready? Lager or real ale? Lager. Two stroke or four stroke? Two stroke. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Mike Hayward or Joey Dunlop? Joey Dunlop. Slicks or treaded tires? Slicks. Super sport or superstock? Super sport. Carbretas or fuel injection? Fuel injection. Harrison or Hickman? Hickman. Morkum or the of Man? Right, are you ready for this one? Pillion Ride with Joey Dunlop or David Jeffries? David Jeffries. Last question. MBE or 27
0: TT wins? 27 TT wins. (laughs) Thanks, John. Nice. Last question, John. I've heard you're a big fan of Strickling. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'm (laughs) dancing
2: on ice, yeah. If they came knocking, (laughs) would you? I'd love to say yes. But I would be a total embarrassment because I'm about as flexible. I haven't got the answer for it. But
1: We're not looking I, at happy feet, are we? I, I know.
2: I know. Do you know what, though? I, like, I don't know what it is. I'm a softie. I am a softie. Let's wrap
0: this up. John, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll see you on... There's
2: got to be a part Strictly. two, right? <laughs> got to be. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you on
0: Strictly. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate.
2: Pleasure. Cheers, guys.
0: Tell you what, Steve, that was a an insightful and interesting, like, I'm I'm a huge TT fan, motorcycle fan, as it is, like, getting to do this podcast with you is great. Getting to have people like John McGuinness in, 23 times TT winner, still going, still hungry for it, and you can still see the passion in his eyes. He's got a big year coming up this year. I think it was actually welling up at one point. You know, we're talking
1: about various things, but the thing with John, you know, uh, he's back with Honda. You know, they've got more wins around the TT course than any other manufacturer. You know, so, uh, which, of course, there's a little bit of pressure there, but John kind of, he'll lap that up without doubt, he really will. But nobody will put pressure on anybody than himself more than John McGuinness because Mm -hmm. the TT is the biggest thing in in his life. So it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. You know, missing not just a couple of years because of COVID, through fitness, he's missed quite a serious amount of time around the TT course. So, uh, however, you know, everybody's missed it. They're not quite on form, shall we say, and he's going to be uh, on the front foot. Because he's got so much experience, like we spoke about, all those miles circulating the TT mm-hmm, club.
0: Exactly. Do you think going back to Honda, he's going to have any um, apprehension as to what happened in the past with him and Honda? Or do you think it's a clean slate, it's a brand new bike, he's just going to go there and, and, and give it the beans? Yeah, 100% that. There'll be no issues
1: whatsoever. You know, John's been uh, keeping himself, busy. he's been racing British Championship in my Ducati series and doing a great job. And he's, he's riding well, really well. So uh, I do believe he could be podium potential. Shall I put a fiver on him then? Oh, flipping that. Now you sticking the boat out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, that is episode two of the podcast, In The Bag. If you've enjoyed it, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We have plenty more star-studded names from the world of the TT on the way in this series. And here's a little taste of what you can expect from our next guest. Michael Rutter.
2: Oh my god, I've been born to the Isle of Man with obviously my dad racing and watching him go off down there. And it's, I must admit, it's
1: a lot easier when you're sitting on the bike to someone who you know real well or family member sitting in that pit. You know, it's, uh, it's, we've got the easy job.
0: That next episode will be out in two weeks' time. And don't forget, you can get all the latest TT news and features over at IOMTTRacers.com. And be sure to check us out. On all the usual socials. We're at TT Racers Official. Thanks for listening.